much love. Don't be a drag. Just be a queen. It's episode 16, season 5 of Ravage Love. Hi, Julie. Hello. Happy Pride, Renee. Happy Pride. We are continuing on with our yearly tradition of doing Pride content for the month of June, even though I live in the nation's capital where we are ding-dongs and we do our Pride in August. Um, I refuse to respect the Ottawa calendar. To me, June is Pride Month, and it's certainly Pride Month here on Ravage Love. Mm-hmm. And what was our theme for this week specifically? Uh, the gay agenda, Julie. The gay agenda was this week's theme. Mm-hmm. And what's your gay agenda? My gay agenda is actually related to last week's theme, which is be gay do crimes. No, um <laughs> Yes. My- Throw that break. <laughs> Throw that exactly. It's what Marsha would want for all of us. Um, honestly, my gay agenda is um joy. And like oh. I understand that like we, you know, there's the whole like not gay as in happy, queer as in fuck you. And like I'm absolutely here for queer righteous rage, but I also just like I'm trying to focus on how freeing and joyful it is to be a queer person. And like how you get to define and redefine relationships, relationship dynamics, family versus chosen family, what community looks like. There's just like a freedom to like be yourself that comes with being queer and being in queer community that I just want for everyone, including the straights. The straights should get it just like as a little treat, you know, just like a little treat. They can have a little bit of freedom just as a treat. A little bit. A little bit. A little taste. Just a little... A little amuse-bouche of freedom, if you will. Oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> What's your gay agenda? Um, Being yourself. Mm. Being yourself. Encouraging everybody to be themselves. And they're like the best version of that, even if it's fluid and, it, and it's not always the same. Like just, just the freedom and all of that business to be yourself. I love that. Yeah. And for folks who are new listeners to the show or are just hopping in on this episode, I mean, welcome, right? Like, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, But yeah, our show is like fun. And for us, we do it for fun. We don't get paid. It's like a source of joy for us. I get to call my bestie every week who lives across the country. Um, But I just feel like right now in particular, it's so important to focus on queer joy because there's so much to be scared of right now and i've had just personally i've had so many moments where i think oh my god it hasn't felt this dangerous to be queer since i was in high school at a convent (laughs) and then i left there and i thought it can't get any worse than this and it feels that way and like every conversation i've had with queer people same thing comes up i was talking to your cousin and she was talking about exactly that like she was like oh my god like i thought the worst years were behind me in terms of like being a small town queer person and and in Catholic school. And yet like, here we are. Um, So just to say Renee and I are queer all of the time, not just the month of June. We um, bring lots of queer content on this show and uh, it's because we give a shit. And so if you're somebody who, you know, was like, Oh, well, are trans people really people? Yes. Trans people are people. Trans people know who they are more than you and I will ever, ever know. <laughs> I'm a man. Cool. You're a man. I'm a woman. Cool. You're a woman. It does not fucking threaten us at all. We are. So if you're a listener who's just like, me, you want to both sides transphobia. I mean, don't let the door hit you on the way out. We don't want you here at Ravage Love. That's not how we roll. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. See you later. <laughs> Smell you later. You stinky bigots. That's Smell you never. Exactly. Smell uh, you never forever. <laughs> for infinity (laughs) so this week i really wrestled with what to choose because i like that we chose like kind of vague themes but i was like oh man the gay agenda could be so many things so i did not seek out anything in particular um in terms of like tone or you know queer men queer women non-binary people theme wise i decided i was going to look at the world of politics 
Oh, because right. Because like so often homophobes and transphobes, their whole thing is like the gay agenda is to take over the world. And how do you take over the world? Politics. (laughs) Oh, right. Politics. Politics. You're right. I'm wrong. Sorry. (laughs) So I then did a deep dive of like queer plus politics. And I found found the first in a trilogy uh, called Gay Political Sex Scandals is the name of the trilogy. And my book is called Senator Brick Scrotorum and his college (laughs) buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, a few weeks ago, when you did the episode of like pounded by the pound talking about the British pound, I thought nobody does better wordplay than Chuck Tingle. It can't be done. Well, Rod Mendeli is a runner-up because Senator Brick Scrotorum, I mean, that alone is incredible. (laughs) This was written in 2012, so this would have been around the Rick Santorum height. It's pre-Chuck. It's pre-Chuck. And it is, so it's 2012, and um, it's 25 pages, so it's real short. Okay. And... (laughs) Here we go. So Pete Johnson is a 21-year-old college intern for Senator Brick Scrotorum. (laughs) (laughs) And Pete is like just a young 21-year-old gay guy who's like out and everything, uh, but is constantly teased by his friends for like having a bit of a daddy fetish. So like the guys that he'll hit on or the guys that he'll be like, oh my God, he's cute, are always like middle-aged men. And his friends are always like, oh my God, Pete. So because Pete is an intern uh, and a first-time intern, he does not get to choose who he works with. So he's assigned to Brick Scrotorum, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who he is dismayed to discover is very good looking up close and in an authentic way. So he talks about how, you know, it's not like the super coiffed hair and like very, very polished. He looks like the hot neighbor that you would have, like very approachable, very good looking uh, in his early 40s. So very much fits the profile. Uh, A lot of conversation about how good he smells. And then when he describes the smell, I'm like, that's my preferred manly smell. So like, it's like birch, sandalwood, like kind of like that smell. And you're like, yes. So it's his first day. And he's there and he's obviously very nervous, very awkward, and is also very much taken aback by how beautiful Brick's scrotorum is because old Brick is an arch-right conservative who's all about family values and traditional values and all of the things that Pete cannot stand and is morally ethically sexually opposed to so he's like fuck like i'm stuck with this right-wing dude who's like doesn't even believe in my right to exist as a gay person but also goddamn he's hot oh no i'm conflicted it's what i like to call the old confused boner um (laughs) i get that from men who are like i hate everything you stand for but also step on me and so they don't know what to do with it so this is kind of where pete's at um and as his first day he is in the office kind of waiting to be introduced to Brick, waiting to be introduced to the rest of the people. But it turns out they were having a photo shoot that day to get some like stock photos of Brick, like at his office with his interns. And so not even been introduced. He's just kind of standing in the corner by like the coffee station. And the photographer is like, get in here. We need some youth in this photograph. And so then they start doing all these weird photos that I, you could just imagine are super awkward. So it's like, oh, take your blazer off, Brick, and roll up your sleeves and look like you're working on a project with him. But they're not saying a word. It's all totally fake. But the closer he physically gets to Brick, the more aroused he becomes. And at one point he realizes he's just straight up pitched a tent and is like, oh, my God, they're going to see my boner. The, the amount of times the word boner appears. In this <laughs> I don't know what you were named, but. The word boner instantly makes me laugh. It's like, I mean, it's such a funny word. It's such a funny word. And so he's like, he's like, oh, I got a 
raging boner and he's like <laughs> they're gonna see it in the pictures and then he realizes there's like a stack of books on the desk and so i was <laughs> okay. instantly brought to that scene in romeo michelle with um oh what's his name the like queer icon alan do you know what i'm talking about yeah i know who you're talking about and i can't think of his name now Alan coming Alan coming yeah so like yes. the whole thing where he they're like oh yeah you always walked around holding on to this binder and then it was like it was to hide my boner and so like <laughs> <laughs> that's what I picture so anyways he's like oh all hot and bothered and then this sets off this like kind of like conflicted feelings over the next like couple weeks because he's like every time I get close to this diet I'm so physically aroused but also I cannot stand everything that he stands for so one day he's in the office. He's now been introduced to Brick, but they're still just like very professional. And this big giant Texan with like a fucking 10 gallon hat, cowboy boots, belt buckle, the whole thing comes in and <laughs> his name is Billy Jeff. Also known as <laughs> BJ. <laughs> so BJ Garrows, BJ Garrows comes to see Scritorum. Uh-huh. And Pete's like, what the fuck? Who's this guy? And it's, it's like, he's not a Republican. I know everybody. I know all the representatives in the house. He ain't it. And then he's like, oh, I'm an old college buddy of Pete's. And, uh, you know, every time I'm in Washington, we get together and we go and grab dinner. So I'm going to come and swoop you away. Um, and Brock's like, Brick's a bit like like sheepish about it but it's like yeah yeah like we're old friends you know just old pals and so he seems like kind of embarrassed of like this fucking obnoxious texan coming in kind of thing so anyways they leave to go get dinner and then pete's like oh you know what this is perfect because the other intern fucked up a bunch of stuff so now that there's no one in the office i'm just gonna get a bunch of work done i'm just gonna get caught up on work while they're gone and i'll make all these photocopies and i'll get everything done and then we'll be good to go tomorrow as he's in the supply closet getting some staples, he hears voices. And so he just kind of closes the door and like peeks through the slates and it's fucking BJ and Brick. And they come back and, and then Brick is like, yeah, see, I told you no one would be here. And then BJ is like, oh my God, that's great. You're not wrong. And then they start fucking. <laughs> so like, borderline twinkish described bricks scrotatorum and big giant ma- but they literally wrestle so at first pete's in the closet like and i mean the metaphors are just right but watching this happen and then he's like are they they're wrestling and then he's like oh i remember he was on the wrestling team and then he realizes that one bj and brick met on the wrestling team but also that they are wrestling to figure out who's going to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and so Pete is just doing voyeurism, watching these people get like just fucking each other in graphic detail. There is so much description of men. I wrote it down. It's been a minute since I've written down the names of genitals <laughs> because it's been a minute since we've been there. So we have boner. We have ball sack. We have man nuts. We have meat stick. We have man tool, manly liquid, spunk. Uh. And then at one point, he's describing watching them fuck and says, I'm watching them cross swords. (laughs) (laughs) So they bang and then they're lying there. And, And then Pete's jerking himself off in the closet like oh god this is so hot but also like people i don't like i got i gotta burn this memory in my mind the next time i see him on tv talk like with his wife and kids talking about how the gays are bad so he takes out his phone and he snaps a picture and then he's sitting in the closet and then he they're post-coital and they're laying down and i'm just gonna read you the conversation that they have so Again, Pete, who is a gay man, an out gay man, is hiding in the closet. And the right-wing politician and his big burly Texan friend just rammed each other on the floor. So, BJ is realizing that Brick has not fucked any man since he last saw BJ. And so, BJ says, 
I just wish you weren't so alone between our visits. I mean, you deserve to have a man's you deserve to have man sex more than three times a year. <laughs> Who says man sex? BJ's use of the exclamation point in his sentence drove home his aversion to the idea of not having has of not having man sex needs met on frequent and regular basis. Isn't there anyone back home in your districts or here in DC that interests you? I told you earlier, you're the only one I trust, Brick repeated. Fuck trust! BJ declared, I don't know how to do a Texan accent, but <laughs> this would be a Texan accent. You got something on them, they got something on you. You blackmail each other, mutually assured destruction. Nobody talks and everybody gets what they want. Shit, isn't this how shit happens in this town? I think you would have learned something in the last 20 years in politics. BJ playfully ran his hand through Brick's hair. I wouldn't even know where to start, Brick said truthfully. Open your eyes, man. Look around at what and who is right in front of your face. Realizing from his buddy's bewildered look that he would have to be more explicit, BJ put it all out there. What about that uh, eager beaver intern I met earlier before we went out to dinner? What was his name? Paul or something? You mean Pete? Brick said surprised. Of course, Brick may have been surprised, but nobody was more surprised than Pete to hear them talking about him, especially in this context. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Pete, BJ affirmed. If that college hottie was my intern, mm, I would have been tapping his ass two minutes after he started working for me. Ethics issues aside, Brick said in a statesmanlike manner, what makes you think Pete is interested in guys? Ethics issues, BJ mocked while he reached down and helped himself to a handful of Brick's now flaccid but still semen-covered cock. I know. He continued, quiet everyone, the married naked senator with the freshly flocked hole will now lecture us on ethics. <laughs> <laughs> you're an asshat brick said pushing bj's hand away from him and leaving his buddy on the floor while he stood up and faced the opposite direction bj stood up quickly and engulfed brick in his arms i just want you to be happy he whispered brick closed his eyes and enjoyed the feeling of his friend's body against him as long as he could eventually they cleaned themselves as well as the carpet and the couch without saying another word Pete was actually relieved when they got dressed and left the office, although it had been nice to admire those two big dicks hanging and swinging while the man walked around the room. He exited the hiding place in the supply closet and plopped down on the couch. Pete had so much to think about, not the least of which was his own mess inside his underwear that needed to be cleaned up too. More importantly, did he actually have a shot at losing his virginity <laughs> to a married man who happened to be a supposedly arch-conservative United States senator? <laughs> the end! Aww. And then book two, Senator Brick Scrotororum and the intern. Book three, Senator Brick Scrotororum, I can't even say it properly, Scrotororum, and the political consultants. Oh. So it continues. <laughs> it fucking continues. Um, so... I assume, I mean, by the title, I assume it's trying to be funny. Um... It wasn't terribly written. Like there was a few parts where there was like obvious, like some typos, a few typos and stuff, but it wasn't brutal. It's just, I give it zero to, even though there's a significant amount of fucking, I'm giving it zero to five for the spice because it was just so not hot to me to have him at one point. <laughs> at one point he talks about how they're like, while BJ was railing brick that his like dick was helicoptering. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point bj comes on his nose Ugh, and then he's like that he like like he describes it as though he just like flicks it off like you know like in a rom-com when it's like oh you got a little whipped cream on your nose from your latte and so it makes it seem like he just like oh just gonna take that little crumb <laughs> off your nose and I'm like, <laughs> it was so not hot to me so um <laughs> Yeah, would I read another book from this guy? I might for like a, a you know a time when I'm just looking for something funny for sure. Just a little goof, a little, yeah. just a little goofy story. But I genuinely do not understand how anyone would get off on this story because to me, maybe I just don't like dick enough. But it was a lot of description of like literally helicoptering dick or like and the word boner so many times. <laughs> oh. So yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> Senator Brick Scritorum and his college <laughs> buddy by Rod Mandeli from 2012. Oh goodness. Yeah, that's the journey <laughs> I went on. Tell me about your journey, Renee. 
What was your gay so, agenda this week? <laughs> um, this happened by accident and it was just like a great mistake because I was trying to find something and I wanted something gay, obviously. I wanted something weird. Um, and I just, I didn't know. I didn't know what to, and then this just fell in my lap and it's a four book series, um, called Bro and the Beast. And I read the first book and it was such a great premise. Like it, what, it was such a brilliant idea. So my book's written by Joel Abernathy. Um, their pen name for this is Elsie Davis and Joel, um, is a trans author who writes M for M romance, um, but only writes romance kind of like in every genre of like men loving men, which I love. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've got a lot of books and this book was fantastic and extremely funny. Um, It was only about 130, 140 pages. So it wasn't very long. Um, And (laughs) I don't even know how to describe this. So imagine a bro. Imagine just like a dude, like a dude's dude. All right. And this dude's dude has, is not against gay people, but he himself is not a gay man. He's like, no way. No, I'm not gay. There's no way. I'm not against gays, but like, not me. Not me. I love pussy. You know, whatever. Um, Now imagine that bro picks up a romance novel and it's like a shifter romance. And he gets into it. Now, imagine he's like, oh, I'm going to be late for this kegger. I can't put this book down, but like, I got to get there. So he goes, puts the book down. He goes to go to this kegger and he gets hit by a car. And he wakes up. It's the 1980s and he's in the romance book that he was reading. Whoa. And he is the main character. Now, obviously right in in kind of bro culture and like that machismo culture like you want to be the alpha right the alpha he's the omega and he struggles with this because as we know in shifter universes like alpha omega beta like it's biological right you don't you'll get to choose right Mm -hmm. and so in a lot of cases you can't fight it so that's what happens to my character with the most like generic bro name ever. His name is Brad Miller. Of course. And he's like, I'm Brad Miller. <laughs> and uh, that's what happens. So Brad is a guy's guy. He's a guy's guy. And um, his brother, Devin, is a t- his twin. And he is queer and loves romance. And for whatever reason, Brad is just giving him a hard time about these books. And they have a fight because he's like, you know, Brad, like I can't be as like vivacious as you and I can't make friends like you. And like, I didn't make myself into like a beefcake like you did. Like, that's not who I am. But I really like these books that it, you know, it, it, it feels like love could happen. Like love is real, whatever. And he ends up storming out and Brad feels bad. So he's like with, he's consumed by guilt. So he's like, maybe I'll just like check out his book, you know, and that's his way of trying to make amends with his brothers, like giving what his brother likes a chance. And um, so he starts to read this book and he cannot put it down. Like he just, he's obsessed. He loves it, but he does put it down because he keeps getting texts to go to this like kegger. He's in university. He's like vice president of his fraternity. Like he's a guy's guy. So like I said, he, he heads out to this kegger. He gets, he gets in his car. He gets hit by another car head on and he wakes up on the road without his phone, without anything in the book world in the world of the book right and so he he kind of recognizes right away because he was just reading the book like so he thinks he's dreaming for like 90 percent of the book he thinks he's dreaming and um so he also kind of knows what's going to happen and he already has like opinions about the characters in the book specifically the alpha right the alpha in this his name is raul Okay. And he is a werewolf shifter, but he's the alpha of all of the shifter communities in like the region, except for two. And in the book, the main character, her name was Catalina. And they're like, like the salad dressing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Catalina was the Omega and she was from another um, 
another community of shifters. Um, but she was being married off to the leader of a different tribe and she was running away from that. And so in this book, he, he meets Raul like in this bar because he finds this bar right away. And immediately Raul can sense that like, Oh, that's an Omega. But here's the thing is that Brad's like a beefcake. Like they describe him as like five, 10, 230 pounds. Like he's, large so all of the situations where catalina would have run into trouble because she's weak and she's vulnerable he's just like come at me bro come at me like and as many times as they boner in your book he says bro in my book (laughs) (laughs) and so it goes on where like he can defend himself he is not submitting to any of this nonsense because he's like this isn't me this isn't my story whatever um so Raul's running after him, trying to like save him, but he's like, oh, this man can defend himself. So um Brad realizes like well over time that he um the story is actually about him. He's the main character. He has to make his peace with being an Omega. Um, and it really, in a very funny way, explores like he's like, I'm not gay. And Raul's like, Well, I'm not gay either, but I'm attracted to you and I want to be with you and we're meant to be, we're fated. So I guess I am gay. And he, and so Brad really, really struggles with that. Cause he's like, <laughs> when they decide finally that they're going to make a love, um, Raul's like, have you never had anything up your ass before? And he's like, well, I put my finger up there once, but like, I never did it again. And it's cause he was ashamed. He was ashamed of like what that meant if that he enjoyed it. And I thought that was such a super cool way of like this kind of like toxic attitude pushing back against the things that he actually wanted and like who he really was. So this is a four book series. And I know for a fact, based on the other four books that like he leans into it, like he, <laughs> he comes back for more. Um, So yeah, so basically it's like he is challenging sort of what is expected of him in this universe as an Omega, him trying to prove that he is not a vulnerable weak person um at one point he's even like why are you treating me like a girl and he's like i'm not like i'm i'm just trying to take care of you you know um and then everybody having to adjust what they're either programmed to say or do because of them being in a storybook versus brad challenging his own perspective of things and his role in this story Right. And meanwhile, the whole time he just wants to get back to his brother because he wants desperately to apologize, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, So basically what ends up happening is he he starts to go along with the story. He realizes he's not going to be like a victim in this story. Raul has to adjust his expectations of him. And then suddenly um, Brad goes into heat. He goes into his heat. And he's like, hey, I know that there are like pills that Omegas can take so that they don't go into heat. And there's a doctor and he's like, well, you can't start taking it while you're in heat. Like, sorry, the only thing that's going to help is, you know, mating. And so he's like, cool, I'm going to go find Lenore, who's like this other werewolf lady. And they're like, no, 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 sorry, you need to get fucked. Like, you have to get fucked. And he's like, what? And he's like, by who? And they're like, your mate. And he's like, oh no, because he realizes <laughs> Oh no. He has he has to mate his his mate. He's like bonded. He his that's his alpha. Um and he it's the only way he's gonna be comfortable again, because as we know, being in heat or redding in the alpha universe is extremely uncomfortable. And the only way to satiate that is to fuck. But he also knows that like one, he's never had like a dick in his butt. Also, this werewolf has a knot and that really scares him. But it's not until the very last page that he learns that the reason the knot is there is to hold the semen in because it's for pregnancy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so nobody explained that to him. And I'm not going to read that part, but I'm just going to read you like the last page because I thought it was just the funniest, like (laughs) um, just the funniest little bit at the end of the book do it so he, so he's based uh, this is not my reading it's not my reading but like basically he's like oh you know why he's like how long does this not stay and he's like oh about an hour and he's like wow he's like 
that's a long time. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? Just enjoy it. You know, your heat's feeling better. Right. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, it is. It, it is, you know, but um, he's like, at least until next month, because he's like, oh, am I having a werewolf period? And they're like, yeah, I guess that's the best way you could describe it is a werewolf period. So he's like, um, he's like, yeah, I guess, I'll, you know, I'll feel better till next month. And he's like, well, not unless you're pregnant. And he's like, okay, funny. Haha. And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. He's like, I don't know how it works here. He's like, but I don't have a womb, so I can't get knocked up. And he's like, no, you do because you're an Omega. Like, regardless of your sex, you have a womb. And he's like, bro, are you saying I might be fucking pregnant? He's like, um, he's like, yeah, he's like, I think it's a probability, actually. And then he says, uh, he's like, um, he's like, oh, well probably good that you're stuck in me for a while then and he's like why is that and he's like so you'll have plenty of time to catch your breath because the second that thing goes down you better run for your motherfucking life and that's how it ends he's gonna beat the shit out of him and i love that because it's like he didn't consent to that right but he did he did come on to the alpha knowing and like everybody like worked together because it was a first experience and all that stuff right so like he led it by saying what he wanted and everything but like he was not expecting pregnancy he's also a college student and i was like good be his ass beat it but i do know he does get Press pregnant that's what that's what that's what the ne- next three books is about him being pregnant and trying to like get back to his to his man so um loved it actually i laughed so much and it was extremely spicy it was funny and spicy at the same time and it was it was nice to read this really earnest thing where it was like he he starts out and he says he's like when in rome that's the gay place right and i was like <laughs> yeah and then he's like i'm only one percent gay right now and then like raul like kisses him behind his ear and he's like okay i'm five percent gay now and then like as he's going he's like i'm a hundred percent gay right now like just that's it's it was very funny it was very <laughs> funny and it was a really funny gentle way of exploring this particular thing which i never ever read in a book before where it was like they were they were like consistently like this is it me but it really it was but it wasn't like they spent the whole book hiding it was like they knew it was because of shame and they knew that like that's just not what they were about and it was more important to them to be like a macho beefcake all these things anyway it was a lot of fun and I recommend it for everybody. What I'm going to read today is um, our bro reading, <laughs> reading the book um, and just like his analysis of it. Cause it's so fucking funny. <laughs> so it's like, imagine, imagine you give your bro a romance novel to read. And it's a shifter romance. <laughs> and he has never read anything like this before. Doesn't read books. He's like, this guy's like a mechanic. Like he's a, he's a guy's guy. Imagine giving a shifter romance <laughs> to a guy's guy. Okay. You've set the scene. I picture it perfectly. Okay. Here we go. One chapter turns into five, and while I've always had a hard time slogging through my textbooks, it's like the pages just fly by. It's like I'm watching a movie in my head, and despite the fact that this bitch keeps making supremely stupid decisions, that makes me wonder if it's her first time outside the house, I can't bring myself to stop. Come on, Catalina, what were you thinking? This dude is obviously some kind of serial killer, I mutter, flipping the page. I'm so wrapped up in the story I barely notice the time until my phone buzzes with a text from Craig asking where I am. I paused for a moment, trying to remember what it was he wanted me to do. All of my thoughts have been consumed by this fucking head movie thing. One question after another keeps cropping up in my mind. If this dude is really such an alpha, then why doesn't he just challenge the dissenters in his pack to a drinking contest contest to assert dominance? If this chick is a runaway Omega, how the hell has she not gone into heat before? She mentions she takes suppressants given to her by her pack doc, so the alphas 
back home don't go nuts, but she's been gone long enough to have to run out by now, and that's not the kind of thing you can just pop by CVS and buy. I mean, she has to have come across other werewolves since she's been on the road. You think they notice she has magical werewolf pussy if it's so fucking irresistible that this alpha douchebag can't keep his hands off her just because she's in heat all of a sudden because of his pheromones or whatever. And what the fuck is all this shit about is not? How the hell does bro fit into a jockstrap if that thing's sitting down there all the time? Or is it just when he has a heart on? I've never been so invested in another guy's junk unless you count that time Stupid Steve decided to see if his dick would stick to a frozen lamppost. Hence how he got the name Stupid Steve. And I'm not really sure what to make of that, but but one thing is for sure. I am invested. (laughs) In this story, I mean, not in the werewolf dick. I ain't gay. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay, I'm just not. I mean, I like watching movies about aliens invading Earth, but that doesn't mean I want to stick my dick in a little green man. Or woman, but if I did, she would definitely be, it would definitely be alien pussy, not alien dick. Unless it's on a chick. My phone buzzes again with another text from Craig whining about how I'm not there to play wingman to his drunken idiot as he tries to hit on random Delta Fives he doesn't even have a chance in hell with. I groan, setting the book aside and shooting him a text to tell him that to keep his panties on, I'll be there in tent. To be fair, it's not really like me to miss a kegger, uh, and as tempted as I am to stay home and sit this one out, I can't justify it to myself, even if no one else wouldn't find out why. Uh, I'll just show up to the party, grab a few beers, and then sneak away to the back deck for some alone time with my new best friend, Catalina, and her freak dick werewolf boyfriend. (laughs) And that's it. And there's a part where he's like, he was like uh, um, talking about how like how hot the werewolf is, and he's just like uh, the guy skitters off, <laughs> intimidated by his raw masculine energy or whatever. By this point, R.I.P. the main character's panties. And, like that's, <laughs> that's how he describes the book. Anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great, and I, I'm I'm going to read the rest. Because they were short and they were funny and I want to see what happens to my boy Brad. That's what I was going to ask was whether you did feel like we know he was invested in the book, but were you invested enough to be like, I'm going to keep reading this? 100%. I'm going to read the rest of them. That's I the thought, best. I, it, Isn't that the best it feeling? Was, it is. And and the fact that there's more makes me just like tickled. Um, but I like I just thought what a unique premise. Yes. Like the whole thing. From the perspective of a dude bro, then it cuts to like the love interest and it's exactly like any other book, right? But that love interest has to kind of change his perspective for his mate. And I I just think it's so good. It was so smart. Like just a fucking smart little story. And I I love that. Yeah, love exactly. It. Like, and it could it sounds like it wasn't like it sounds like it could have been super confusing also, but it sounds like it wasn't. Like it was still cohesive as a story, you know? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And and I was surprised it ended where it did, but it just made me want to read more, honestly. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I love that. What a treat. And when did this book what come out? Treat. When's the series come out? Uh, Is it new? That's a great question. I will tell you. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, no. This one came out this year in February. Oh, wow. So it may be that like they wrote all of the books and then kind of staggered. Yeah. So the second book came out on my birthday this year. I'm so sorry. I forgot your birthday. Um, and uh, last one in May. And I guess like the, the fourth part will be out this month, I suspect. Yeah. June 25th. So. Oh, my God. It's coming. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love that. Bro and the Beast. 10 out of 10 from me love that what a great choice and also um yeah like i yeah i i love especially in the romance genre let's be real a lot of it super formulaic it's been done honestly oftentimes we could probably read the first two chapters and the last two chapters of many of our books and know exactly what happened a hundred percent and like in this this is fresh and new and smart and like it's never been done from what we can see so that's yeah, and so great. He was so critical of the author's writing of the characters. <laughs> so like, like he was, ex- and he was, he wasn't blaming the characters. He was blaming the author. And I know in one of the books they go and find the author. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I just, I was like, God, this is such a smart story, and I love that because you're right. All of it is like, I wear my 
matching lace panties and they're on the floor now and and then I played with myself to tease my lover and they're like fuck off enough exactly but even like oh the person that they hate in the first chapter you're like that's who they end up with or like whatever like the meet cute you know where this is going like it sometimes it just feels like you're just passing the time by reading these books but then occasionally you'll get one that is like yeah really smart really original really different or like really really funny or like the spice in an interesting way and that i love that i love when you're just like delighted by yeah by what you read and i love that that was the case for you even though We've read so many shifter things in our journey together here at Ravage Love. <laughs> yeah. This is proof that you can do it in an original and new way. A hundred percent. Like there's like it like the more I think about it, the more it's like the the shifter character is is written a certain way and he has to change how he was written. Because there's even a part where like um he's like, Okay, let's get you out of the rain, Brad, and like I'll buy you a beer. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll drink some beer. And then he, the, the werewolf's just, like, blown away by how much this man can drink. Like, he's just <laughs> fucking chugging beers. And he's just staring at him with, like, goo-goo eyes. And he's like, what a, what a charming man. And he's like, oh. He's like, Brad Miller. What a beautiful name. Like, and then you're just, and meanwhile, he's, like, burping and shit. And, like, it's just, it's hilarious. I love so it. Good. I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so glad. We should have joyful books that make us happy on every episode, but especially for Pride. Like, yes, give us something fresh and new. And so, yeah, love some Bro and the Beast. Love that. Love it. Love, love it. I'm going to read the rest. Um, I do... I know we're going to probably wrap up. We have not, not a lot left to say. Um, Cause what, what do you, what do you say? Um, but I have, I wanted to share s- something with you that I was asked to do by my son. Oh. Um, I'm going to a furry convention at the beginning of July. Oh, how do you feel and, about that? Um, I mean, Liam, my son approached me and he's like, I want to do this thing. And I want you to come with me, but you're going to hate it. And I was like, sign me up. Sign me up. I don't even care what is it. And he's like, it's a furry convention. I'm like, great. What's it called? He's like, I don't know. So I just Googled it. And not only did I buy us tickets, Julia, I bought myself a t-shirt. So and what is it called? It's called Fur A because it's Canadian. Oh, my God. Yeah, I it's love it. Three, it's three days and no joke. No joke. I went to their website and... They have a musical. There's going to be a musical play there. And you know how I, how I love the stage. And you can listen to the songs. And they're all like Broadway songs. But the words are changed to be furry adjacent. And I love it. And it's family friendly. It's a family friendly affair. Because a lot of people think that like furry is just like a sex thing. And it's not. It's like an identity. Like, do you ever pretend to be an animal as a kid? Yeah, famously because or infamously, yes, because I it was a squirrel. I used to play this game that we were squirrels and we would live in a little squirrel hut. Yeah, why I chose squirrel couldn't tell you. I also was a squirrel for Halloween that year. It was oh very into squirrels. Yes, so yes, uh, yeah. So imagine that never left you. <laughs> yeah, I was just You're a still squirrel. A squirrel. I was a squirrel all along. <laughs> but here's the thing: is that you get to. Because they make you badges, right? Mm-hmm. You have to like you register, and then you're, they're going to have a badge with your name on it, and you can put your fursona name in it. Oh my! And so I learned my son's fursona, and I loved it. Um, and I got to pick a fursona, so I put Mothman. I got to use it in another oh context outside of my car. You're going to roll up with Mothman license plate, and then have my Oh my god! You're going to rule the roost over at the furry yeah. convention. You're goddamn right. I might meet my soulmate there. Who knows? Um, I won't meet my soulmate there. It's not, it's not happening. I am there as a supportive mother only. Um, this can be a great time. I can't wait to watch the furry musicals. They have like, you know, you know, a song from Chicago. He had it coming. Oh, yeah. He had it's it like, coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, but it's about furries. <laughs> well, it's. Phenomenal. I am sensing, I am sensing in the air, maybe a furry themed week here on the podcast. Oh, afterwards. we must. We must. Yes. And you could share. This is a three day affair. Yeah. We're going to need to hear about it. I'm going to need to hear it as a human being who knows and loves you. But the audience is going to want to know. 
how the hell that went. So please fill us in. I will. And and I want to be very, very clear. Very, very clear. People are touch and go with the furry community. They are. I don't personally know a ton about the furry community. I do know that there's like bug fursonas and I think they're super cool. Um, I, a lot, like so many people are like, oh, it's like a sex thing. You're into a sex thing with your kids. Like, no, no, no. It's like, you ever been to like a fucking football game? How do you feel about mascots? They're great. It's mascots. It's just mascots. It's also like going to Comic-Con exactly like i used to go to comic-con every year and do anti-harassment work and like yeah some people have like sexy cosplay and of course there are people who will fetishize literally everything so you can't control for that but like it, it wasn't a sex convention i've gone to sexapalooza i've gone to like like sex worker like porn conventions that's not the same vibe as comic-con it's literally just people who no. are so jazzed to be yeah. in community with people who are not judging them for their like quote-unquote weird niche interest so yeah get your exactly. free on people in edmonton yeah, there's, even my like, jam, there's even like a little restaurant like a little furry restaurant and they have like taco night and stuff but they give it furry pun names and i'm actually i would never have gone to this unless my son invited me and i'm not only so touched that my son earnestly wanted me to come to this with him. Yeah. Um, but that, that like, he's not, a, like, he he's comfortable enough and to, like, be himself, right? And yeah. I was like, do we got to make you a costume? He's like, no, mom, that's that's too far. I was like, but I want to make you a costume. <laughs> and he's like, no. Um, but so I'm just, I'm I'm really excited, actually. Like, yeah. not, not what I'm about, but I, I, I love the joy that it brings the people who are there to be with their people yeah exactly that's exactly it is like same thing with me like i'm not a geeky person i have like some geeky interests but not really like i'm a nerdy person in some ways but but like comic-con for me even though i was there for work purposes to like teach people that cosplay does not equal consent it was just so I was just so charmed by the experience when I went the first time. Cause I'm like, I don't know what three quarters of these people are like, unless you were princess Leia or like in a Darth Vader costume, I probably don't know who you are, but to just see people in their element, not hurting anybody, just like having fun, being comfortable. It's infectious. Like you cannot help, but be stoked for people who are like waiting in line for two hours to meet some, like what I would say is obscure character from like deep space nine. And they're just, they're just okay, loving it. Whoa. <laughs> there are no obscure kids. <laughs> Deep space. Wow. Wow, Julie. You really aren't part of that community, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I'm not cool. You're you're too cool. No, <laughs> you're too cool to note that there's no obscure characters on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> They're obscure to me. <laughs> but yes uh you heard it here first folks we're gonna be doing some sort of furry episode in clearly sometime in july wait for that to drop because uh Can't wait we're gonna get some stories out of renee and i'm stoked <laughs> this is such a good time i'm so glad honestly i did not know where the gay agenda would take me um yeah and me i'm neither. so thrilled yeah I'm, i could not be happier with my choice of book and your book was so funny i needed a very good laugh today so thank you i mean it's all of the work was rod's doing but yeah the the multiple boner references i was like okay and then just the like oh i got a little jizz on your nose i was like oh well, my god catch your nose well, got a little something there got a little something. uh what are we doing next week renee i don't remember <laughs> we're queer we're here we're here. We're queer. We're not going anywhere. That's our theme for next week. So similar to the gay agenda, could take it in multiple different directions. So we'll see where Renee and I meet when we meet again at the microphone. Um, because as per usual, we do not share with each other what our books are until we hop on live on the show. So we don't even debrief beforehand on our books. We just launch right into it. So I have no clue where your book is going. I don't know where my book is going next year or next year, next week, because I haven't <laughs> picked it out yet. But we're here. We're queer. We're not going anywhere. That's both next week's theme and the general vibe here at Ravage Love. And I do want to say the only time we ever consult, it's usually me being like, 
whatever you do, when you look up this theme, don't get the book with the bug on it. And you're like, I probably will not. Oh my God. Don't worry. That is true. The <laughs> amount of times that, like, I would say almost every single time you've given me a heads up because you're like, don't choose this book. I'm like, do you know me at all? I would not mm-hmm. choose that book at all. Um, so yeah. And who knows? Maybe Renee's gonna just like pull a fast one on us like she did last week and be like, oh, actually, I wrote the story that I read this week. Um, you never know. But we're so glad you're joining us every single week on Ravage Love. And I know uh, many of our listeners are very queer. Lots of trans and non-binary people and gender non-conforming people who listen to us. So, um, you know, we love you. We love you. And I hope you're leaving this month with some good recommendations. I hope you hear a story that you're like, oh my God, love it. Maybe you want to know what happens to the intern with Brick Scrotorum. (laughs) Maybe you want to know what happens to Bro and the Beast. Find out. (laughs) Support queer and trans authors and not just their characters. 100%. 100%. That's I'm going to I'm going to disembark from my soapbox now. <laughs> no, never do. Stay up there for life. Die up there. Um <laughs> with like that I mean that in the best way, not like die. Like <laughs> you're like die up in there, there forever. 50 years from now, die on there. Gotcha. Yeah. I will mummify you and keep you up there. <laughs> um but okay, also before we go listeners, I um have a lot going on and for the first time in history forgot Julie's birthday yesterday um, until like right before oh midnight. God. So everybody please go and wish Julie a happy birthday just like she made you guys wish me a happy birthday. Um, Thanks for Because she's worth it. Thank you. Is she worth it? Let me work it. Put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. You can listen to some million. And what? <laughs> you can listen to some Missy Elliott on my behalf folks but yes thank you renee you have a very busy life it's okay that you forgot my birthday uh sephora will never (laughs) happen again starbucks remembered so i got my free starbucks i got my free gift from sephora capitalism really popped off today son (laughs) (laughs) i haven't i haven't got my sephora present yet i'm gonna i have to do that it's too late now no it's not they changed it Oh, really? It used to be that you, you had to get it in the now, month baby. of your birthday. No, you got a year now. Oh, well, shit. I was real keen to get my... Maybe it just... I, I, I used to be, yeah, that you had to get it in the month of your birthday, but the more you know rainbow has just shot over my head, so thank you for that. You know what? Queers gotta, gotta lift up other queers, <laughs> and I'm just doing my part. Thank you. For the femme community and their makeup loves. You're so welcome. Do you want to sing us out? Sure do. <clears throat> Ravage love Ravage love Bye Bye Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love.